Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, an RPG podcast. Um, this is a podcast where we have GMs discussing various topics relating to running games. Um, so uh, let's do some quick introductions. My name is Chris Salzman. My name is Andy Rao. Yep, and we are uh, two GMs. Um, we've known each other for a while, but we decided to do this podcast sort of to get a chance to sit down and talk more specifically about you know one topic relating to hey, you're the GM. How do you keep this thing <laughs> keep this thing going smoothly? Um, yeah. So to that end, we have created a D10 table um, with a number of topics on it, and this is sort of our hook here: is that every uh, every time we record, um, we pull up that table. We're going to roll a D10, see what comes up, and then we'll use that as our topic. Um, this helps us to sort of not over prep, <laughs> which is a good thing when you're dealing with GMs. All right, Chris, I'm going to need a D10 roll from you, please. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Plus, no modifiers. Yeah. All right. That is a nine. Um, so what's, uh, what's nine on our table? All right. Let me consult our table here, Chris. Today, our topic with your result of nine, we will be discussing how you fit a game into two hours. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, should we keep it narrow to two hours, or um, should this be like a you know how do you fit a game in one hour, two hours, four hours, etc.? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's give ourselves a little leeway and okay. say how do you run a really short, tight game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, I have some thoughts, but why don't you you dive in first? This is one of this has been one of my big goals as a GM over the last couple of years, and that is getting the game experience down to just a couple hours. And it's entirely because of my life circumstances. Like everybody else, I don't have as much time to game as I did in my youth. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is I'm playing more and more with kids, with my own kids and their friends. Mm -hmm. And I have discovered that uh, over a couple of hours, you the game really goes south with kids uh, under the age of, you know, uh, 12 or 13. So my daughter is 11. I play with her a fair amount with her friends. Mm -hmm. And I have just found that a, if I'm going over two hours, I start to lose them and they start uh, they start getting silly and things like that. So uh, and I, I've also found this in it's a makes for a much easier pitch for my kind of casual gamer friends mm -hmm. who are not super enthused at the idea who can't or aren't enthused about the idea of taking you know six hours on their friday night uh you know like we used to you know we start at 6 p.m and then people yeah. are heading home at like 1 15 in the morning yeah. that's not really something i can ask from my uh, adult friends with kids and jobs anymore so yeah. two hours is maybe a little too short for adults but i have been trying to keep the games i play with my uh, my my casual gamer friends uh, somewhere in like the three hour three hour vicinity. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, so you mentioned like when you were younger you would do yeah six seven hour sessions, yep. <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I guess now I'm just really curious. Like what was the longest session you ever played? Oh, I don't I don't know the longest session. And this is I'm reaching way back into the mists of memory that yeah. are clouded by nostalgia <laughs> and. Uh, but the first. One of the first times I ever played Dungeons and Dragons. This is mid '80s. I was uh, I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons by my cousin, who uh, I was visiting for the summer, and he broke out this. You know, have you heard of this this thing called Dungeons and Dragons? I had vaguely heard that you know it was satanic, and uh, so he had a bunch of modules, and I recall starting playing this on like a Friday afternoon and finishing on like a Sunday evening. And obviously we slept in there, but I'm pretty sure we just played D and D. This is unthinkable to me now. I mean, yeah. there's no way I could do this now. But I'm pretty sure we played D and D 
for like 12 hours a day for three mm-hmm. days. Uh, I, I never topped that experience. And it was a heck of a jump into the deep end of, of yeah. role playing, by the way. I mean, that's uh, probably probably for your own health. It's good that you haven't done that. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do have these uh, occasional I'll read uh, about people. Uh, about you know adult gamers saying like oh yeah you know my friends and i rented a cabin and Mm -hmm. we went up and we played for 12 or 16 hours a day and uh you know that sounds really cool but i also just don't see how i could possibly hack that uh at this point like i i have trouble i have trouble sitting down and doing any one thing for more than like more than an hour and a half or something you know even so i and even playing a video game i love or something like that i just it's hard for me to do that so Oh yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. I mean, so uh, a couple months ago, I got together with some friends, um, and they wanted to. I think a couple of them hadn't played D and D before, so we ran through, you know, kind of a, a pretty basic scenario, which was fun. So I ended up GMing for it was like two, three or four hour sessions in one day, and like I was just wiped out. Like I, I was a yeah. little bit sick <laughs> anyway, yeah. you know. But I mean, there's just you know, once you hit your, you know. Once you're past 25, you kind of can't do that anymore. I yeah. Think. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just don't have the stamina. And especially as, as, once you have kids, it's just like, yeah, the, the whole yeah. <laughs> whole concept changes. I don't know I don't know who said this, but there I I remember reading and it stuck with me. Uh somebody, some game designer or somebody on a forum somewhere saying that role playing is like four hours or is like one hour of fun fit into four hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and what I've found when I am playing in longer games, like at a convention where it's typical for a game to occupy a four hour time slot or occasionally mm-hmm. even more is that you do start, you know, somewhere around hour four, uh, hour four and a half, you do start to realize how much of your typical game, typical game is this filler. That's not really that fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of the motivation for getting the game time down is to identify that stuff where you're not really, Nobody's really having fun doing this. It's mm-hmm. filler content. It's not really adding anything. Um, and seeing if you can at least tone some of that down, if not strip it out altogether. Yeah. Are there are there particular things that you're thinking about? So my the bane of my the the bane of my games the, the thing that frustrates me. Uh, I uh, I've been in groups where uh, shopping ends up being this huge time consuming thing. And this is not something I've ever really been interested in spending a lot of time in game doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, but obviously other people dig it. And if anybody listening to this loves role playing out there, two hours of shopping for swords (laughs) in Waterdeep or whatever, I mean, more power to you. Yeah. But what, what usually happens if it's not shopping, it's anything where one player has a bug to do something uh, Mm -hmm. like I, you know they really want to buy a magic a, a magical spell while they're here in town or if you're spending more than you know 10 or 15 minutes on your one player tangent it's really mm-hmm. starts to to drag the whole momentum of the whole game down yeah yeah usually if something like that starts to happen i will either like yeah just say like like i don't care here you know just look through the book and tell me what you buy right, yes that that that's where i've i've come is like here it's it's on page 43 of the player's yes. handbook just you know yeah. it just tell me tell me what you have bought you know they have it in, in stock sure <laughs> yeah. exactly yes. um yeah but sometimes what i'll do is i'll, I'll if, if i can try to split the party and then you can kind of bounce back and forth between oh yes between people idea, give yeah. people some time to think um and then also yeah have a more more interesting interaction <laughs> yeah for other people um but yeah like stuff like that is just i mean it, it can just kill it you know or um sometimes what i've done 
um, is, yeah, just like, yeah, take a look in between now and next session and then tell yes. me, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, and a lot of the stuff you can totally, you can handle it via email in between sessions. Mm -hmm. You can have, you can handle it. I mean, if you really do want to role play this out and I can definitely see some, mm -hmm. I can definitely think of scenarios where you would want to take a player aside and, and let them role play out an experience that's important to their character. Mm -hmm. You know, just meet, meet an hour before the game and run through that with them or oh. have, have lunch with them during the week or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Are there other sort of filler things that that you've noticed that you know just when you cut them out, you, the game doesn't really lose anything? So the the other big the other big momentum killer for games that I've run and have been in is planning. Mm. Uh, I love listening and giving players the opportunity to plan how they're going to tackle a challenge. So yeah. just to come up with something like they need to sneak into a, a castle. Uh, that's you know heavily guarded and has uh, various obstacles they'll they'll have to take mm -hmm. into account in getting into the castle. I love 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 hearing players plan <laughs> yes. how they're going to do it. It's super fun, and yeah. it usually and it's also really beneficial as a GM to hear what they're thinking of and planning. Uh, it often gives me ideas of how to run the how, oh. how to run the encounter. Oh, totally. Yeah, there there is absolutely a pack of goblins there. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, and they yeah, and they'll, you'll learn. They'll point out all the things you hadn't thought about, uh, and then you mm -hmm. can pretend that you had thought about them. Yeah. But the downside, uh, I find it's really easy for these planning sessions to go on forever mm -hmm. uh, because, and it's not it's not like the players are doing it wrong or something, but it's hard to know when you've planned enough, mm -hmm. uh, and you can't read the GM's mind and know the uh, you know the level of detail that the GM is expecting from your plan. And so I have often found myself in games where, you know, the planning is fun for a while and then it reaches this tedious point where like maybe two players are going back and forth about some dumb detail that as GM I know is doesn't even really matter. And um, so, I mean, I don't want to say that it happens in every game, but that's that one and the shopping thing are like the two things that immediately pop to mind as when does time get wasted and drawn out in games I'm in. When do you, um, so if you, if you have like, so say you're trying to hit that two hours and you have a group, um, that is just arguing about like, well, should we go in the, the West door or the East door? And you're like, they're both the same door. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. When you have that, do you, are there any, um, things that you do to speed them up? Oh, so I wish I had, mm -hmm. I wish I had an arsenal of good ways to kind of in the spirit of the game, get players moving. Yeah. But usually... Uh, honestly, at this point in my life, I'm more inclined to just say, "Hey guys, uh, let's 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 wrap this up. Let's call yes, it good. Yeah. Trust me. Whatever you've got in mind is you've thought about it more than I thought. Put you put yeah. more thought into this plan than I put into this whole adventure. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're all good. Uh, yeah. There, there's something nice about just being very direct and honest. I've, yeah. I've done that a couple times. Um, uh, yeah, in games where I'm just like. Uh, look, you can you can explore more if you want, but there's nothing else here for you. It's like, right, yeah, right. I did not hide any more secret treasure in, the, in this dungeon. <laughs> yes. Just let's, yeah. <laughs> yes. We can keep moving. Yeah, there's, you know, that is a, uh, well, I'll hold that thought and get onto it. But I wanted to mm -hmm. say, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, there's some certainly unsubtle, but probably better ways to put mm -hmm. a little pressure on the on people to wrap up the planning. And that is just mm -hmm. to remind them that, you know, hey, it's, the hour is getting late in, mm -hmm. or, you know, you hear sirens in the distance or, uh, you know, those, 
you know, come up with some just way to remind her. And players being pretty cool will, will probably understand yeah. what you're doing, right? That's, I mean, yeah, that's actually a really good way to do it. So uh, another thing that I've done, which I'm not exactly proud of but is you know sometimes effective is just you know hold up my hand and start counting down from five. <laughs> oh, interesting you know and then you know when you get down to zero then roll on like a wandering monster table you know something like that oh you know, that's that's scary that's intimidating or it's just a bluff you know right you know oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> i hope none of my players are listening to this but yeah i mean just yeah, straight up bluff but i mean the thing is it's you're right like the people are just kind of going back and forth on something that doesn't exactly matter mm-hmm. um and that can be fun but i mean if you're reading the table and you're realizing that it's just two players and another three are sitting there bored out of their minds um <laughs> yeah it's not good i was gonna say is that something you mentioned called to mind another uh, way that kind of filler time ends up taking up space in your game is uh, i didn't realize until i started having this increased pressure to keep games to a reasonable length how long typical combats drag on beyond the point where there's any question about the outcome Mm -hmm. and and this is probably true of a lot of kind of action scenes and encounters in general but it's pretty obvious in combat there's usually a point in any combat where it's really obvious that the pcs are going to win yeah you know they're over they're over that um kind of that hump that that initial period where maybe uh, they're over that initial period of threat Mm -hmm. and you know they've taken maybe they've taken out the boss and they're cleaning up the the goblin guards or whatever and it's like you know that's not usually very exciting to play Mm -hmm. out uh there's no tension in the combat why are we even doing it i i think you have to be careful with this because you don't want to it introduces uh, a kind of a meta game aspect that can kind of kill some immersion if you do it too carelessly but i have started being a little bit quicker to say all right uh you know the you you and then you guys you guys round up the remaining uh bandits and mm-hmm. uh you know and we're done with the combat yeah. and trying to move that along once it becomes painfully obvious what's going to happen uh, have yeah. you do you run into that situation yeah every every once in a while so the the most recent time um so i have i have a lunchtime game that i run and i'll kind of get into that next but um they were chasing like a pack of uh i think they're just yeah like zombies you know down a hallway Something like that. Like the cleric could cast turn undead, and all the zombies were running away. And it's just like, okay, you're you're chasing four of them. All of you are together at full health, and you have a bunch of spell slots and stuff. So, um, they yeah, no they eventually, question. yeah, they, they got to the got to a wall, and I just said, okay, just everybody roll your um, you know, roll your attack at the same time, essentially. Um, and then they they did that, and then just you know, obviously they all hit. <laughs> so right, right, yeah, right. So combat combat was done, you know. But I did allow them to still have that. Um, just in case it would have mattered, you know, just in case they all rolled ones or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, uh, that was one thing that I experimented with. Yeah. It's like once you get to that point where everybody's sort of surrounding the, the last enemy like that, just go ahead and have them all roll at the same time. Um, you know, and see what happens rather than like, yeah, roll, wait, you know, next person goes. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, uh, once you reach that point, you can kind of stop this artificial turn by turn structure and just let everybody roll uh, yeah yeah especially when like the boss is not um intelligent in any way except mm-hmm. you know like if they're fighting a gigantic skeleton who like you're not going to sit there and like reason with it at some point when it gets down low <laughs> on its hp it's just like well i mean yeah you can just kind of jump to the conclusion i think that's okay um the way that i run into this kind of two hour limit is so i run a weekly 
a weekly lunchtime game, you know, so at 1 p.m. on Fridays, we get together and play for an hour. An hour. That's that's pretty tight. That's really tight. <laughs> it's very tight. Yeah. So the way that I describe it is that it ends up being sort of like a TV show at that point. Um, so you you very quickly sort of get to some sort of, um, you know, some sort of conflict. You resolve it and then set a cliffhanger for the next um, next <laughs> next session, next episode, whatever you want to call it. But since you're doing that, you really don't have time to, you know, spend a bunch of time yet debating about kind of what your plan is. Because combat, because the session might be a single combat, you know, between between the party and an enemy, you know, and they might <laughs> they might take ten minutes to kind of decide how they're going to do it, and then it takes forty minutes to do the do the actual combat, and then you have ten minutes of wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and two, since it's on a Friday during the workday, you know, there most of them are some people are actually just bringing their lunch with them. <laughs> you know, so you have some of that other stuff going on at the table too. Uh, I'd say though, it's really fun, and from a GM's perspective, it, it does sort of train you and teach you how to how to look for those cliffhangers and those story beats that are just a little bit more interesting than, okay, well, you enter the next room, you go to the next room, you go to the next room, because you want things to have, um, you know, have some sort of, like, natural interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, I don't do it right every time, <laughs> but, you know, getting kind of better at it, I've been doing this for about a year. Yeah, you know, that, that makes me think that it, it's something that you don't really read, I don't really remember reading in, you know, the Dungeon Master's Guide and and stuff is this uh, element of pacing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think most D and D. I mean, generally speaking, uh, I don't think people talk about D and D games in terms of you know pacing out the time you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember reading about this in the DMG or elsewhere. But you really have to think about that when you would really have to think about that with a one hour mm-hmm. lunch session because if you have a, I mean, if you just had a dud of a session, everyone just it's an unsatisfying experience you know that's just kind of a wasted time that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna really drag your campaign down oh yeah yeah i've definitely had some duds of sessions too <laughs> it's like it was like well is anyone gonna come back next week <laughs> I, hope they, yeah. I hope they had fun yeah uh, how do you besides just practice and get used to it uh you know how do you you can't have a, you know you can't naturally have a cliffhanger you know once every hour in a game without putting some real effort into it. So what can you describe what a typical you know hour long session looks like? Have you do you design the adventures with this one hour thing in mind? Like, do you keep this in mind while you're plotting out encounters? Yeah, keep it in mind whenever whenever we're kind of coming to the table. It's like, okay, what what's what's it basically comes down to like what's the most important thing to happen? You know, it's like where are they at? You know, what have they said is sort of their next intention. Um, you know, and then what's, what's the important thing to happen that can drive the story, uh, the story ahead. And, you know, you can make a cliffhanger pretty much out of everything. So if they've just finished combat, um, you know, like it, the next thing that can happen is they enter a room and there's something that they really want to explore, but you know, we're done. <laughs> so they just, um, again, they're doing the starter set, um, which I think is designed a little bit better than some other adventures for doing this style of play. One cliffhanger example that I thought was like pretty fun was, you know, there's a, a spectator in one of the rooms in Wave Echo Cave, you know, so it's an old blasted, um, blasted out like blacksmithery, you know, so they open the door, they finally figure out a way to open the door and inside is this giant floating green oh, ball with a bunch of eye stocks and stuff, you know. Yeah. Let's hear it for the spectator, by the way. That's, you know, beholders are kind of old hat now. But yes. Spectators. Yeah. That's, 
Yeah. That's some good stuff right there. Okay. Yeah, and it was it was fun. Yeah. So like so we ended there with the description of the room and this this you know green floating thing that you know gurgles in your head, you know, hello, you know, <laughs> or whatever. You know, so for them like, you know, the people that that knew D&D were like oh my goodness, it's a beholder, you know, because all they got was a description of the eye stalks and, you know, floating, <laughs> floating green mass. And the other people were like, what is that thing like that? So when we hit the table, then the next week, they knew exactly sort of what, what they were dealing with. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Right huh. there. Yeah. So that, um, but yeah, so as far as a typical session, right, you know, so we, once we actually all get there, you know, which is like, <laughs> it's going to take five or 10 minutes for everybody to sort of gather. Um, we do a quick check-in if there's any uh, administrative sort of things like, hey, who isn't here? Who's who's coming next week? You know, that, those sorts of things. We do a quick recap. Um, I've been having them do the recap, um, which helps them sort of set the stage. That's a great uh, a idea. Yep. Although I know there's lots of GMs that say like players should never, never be the one recapping, but whatever. Um, oh, no, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, um, so they they do a quick recap, kind of tell me what they think happened. Um, I can correct them if there's anything that you know doesn't doesn't make sense uh, or whatever, and then we just sort of hit the ground running from there. Um, yeah, so they'll if they're in a dungeon, they'll probably get through a couple rooms. Um, you know, if they're fighting fighting a big boss, they might just do that boss. You know, those sorts of things. I guess what I should say is sort of, sort of interesting from a GM perspective because often if you're sitting down for like a three or four hour session you're not really sure where it's going to go. Um, when you have it broken down into one hour chunks, you can be reasonably sure sort of what the next couple of things are going to oh, do. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you can almost split up your, your GM prep into these discrete blocks as well. Um, yeah. It's because sitting down to, I mean, you know, like prepping for a four hour session, like you, <laughs> you could just spend 30 hours doing that. But if it's a one hour session and you know that they're about to face a spectator, like then you're just going to prep, you know, like, what does that thing sound like? You know, what can it do? All those sorts of things. Yep. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I've, so I haven't had the pressure of running in one hour chunks, but two hours is not too much additional time. And what I found is it really helps when planning for a short session like two hours uh, that you have to design an adventure with uh, where it's not going to be too hard to accelerate the final uh, the final showdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are coming up on two hours and and the players have not made as much progress as you want, I have I have never in my decades of running games ever had an adventure wrap up naturally wrap up early uh, no <laughs> yes. matter you know no matter how simple or short i think i've written an adventure you know it always just takes longer and you think i would learn by now how to accurately mm-hmm. uh, budget time but but i haven't and um mm-hmm. so it means for me it means uh, if there are key items or key pieces of knowledge that the players are going to need to have to successfully complete the adventure you have to see the. You have to get to get those out pretty early on because you just can't be guaranteed. You can't count on having on mm. that they're gonna get to the later game um, content in the time you have. And I'm talking about something where it's kind of important to wrap up the story in one night. If you're gonna be meeting next week and can pick up where you left off, this isn't as big a deal. But yeah. in like a a one shot or convention one shot or something like that, yeah, you have to. Uh, I I try to make sure that they get the key stuff is is available for them pretty early in the adventure or it's stuff that I can easily like move, move up. (laughs) Uh, If (laughs) I can see that, uh, that time is, is running short. It is, I have definitely 
blown it and not been able to wrap up like a short adventure in the time slot you know allotted and it's Mm -hmm. a real downer when you aren't going to be getting together again anytime soon to continue and you had to quit right before the final showdown or something like that yeah so if so you do have to think like is there just just uh, keep in mind i might have to move to have this end satisfactorily i might have to move this final the final stuff up rapidly you know is mm-hmm. so is that going to work geographically is that <laughs> you know is that going to yeah. work in, in a plot way so you know design your adventure so that you can do that yeah that's pretty interesting i mean so does that does it come down to sort of things like where it's like every npc is going to tell tell them like yeah that that watchtower over there is pretty creepy <laughs> yes i mean if you have to get blatant about it and and you know that's some of the the cost of doing this is that sometimes mm-hmm. you have to drop a little bit of the that immersion and mm-hmm. just heard people heard people along i don't mean in a in a super restrictive railroady way but you know if people who are here to play a two-hour game also understand that you know we all need to respect each other's time and mm-hmm. um so if i need to start having the npcs get a little heavy-handed with uh, uh you know <laughs> then so be it uh yeah, well, I mean, we've all had the experience where you're like, you, you as the GM, you're sitting there being like, this is so obvious. How do you not under, understand how to make this connection? Yes. You know, or yeah, like, why haven't you explored this very obvious path? But I mean, as a player, sometimes you're just like, you're not interested in that or otherwise, you know, you just overlooked it, you know, or like, I mean, you just don't have the full picture in your head. Yeah. So sometimes it's very easy to miss that. Um, yeah. And then if you, I mean, so if you're pay, playing a four hour session, it could be very easy for the GM to, to sit back and like, well, you know, hour three, they'll pick it up. Um, but yeah, but if you only have one or two hours, it's really gotta, it's gotta keep moving. <laughs> the way this uh, manifests most frequently in my games is basically re redesigning dungeons on the fly to mm-hmm. chop out like extraneous side paths and things like that. So if they were going to have three different corridors they could go down but time is short well there's i just take out two of them and there's really only one way for them to go or i mm-hmm. just make sure that whichever corridor they take just goes to the the place they need to get to yes yeah. that that gets tricky though because and i run into this recently uh you know a good a well-designed dungeon won't be a linear slog towards the end and i think mm-hmm. it's important to not lose that um i think it's important not to just impose total linearity on it for instance a dungeon uh encounter but you know when you have a non-linear dungeon it means that players could get lucky or smart and and figure it out quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, or they could go they could turn left way at the beginning and then find themselves just you know spending huge amounts of time in this extraneous part of the dungeon that's cool but but isn't going bringing them any closer to the finale so Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i guess it's tough it's hard to uh if, if you design the dungeon too small or too linear, people can plow through it too quickly. If you design it too big, you need to be prepared for the risk that they're going to roam off and you'll, and you'll either have to waste a lot of time or you'll have to, to redesign it on the fly to channel them where they need to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how good you are at maps um, and cartography and stuff, but I, I have a really hard time doing that when, when I'm looking at a dungeon that's kind of already drawn out. And then also trying to draw it out for for them sort of on the table like it, i have just the hardest time oh, yes. <laughs> making adjustments um yes yeah. i i uh yeah i on more than one occasion players have tried to like map out a dungeon yes so so i you know i just kind of freehand sketch uh dungeons usually on a mm-hmm. on a whiteboard or a battle map as they're exploring 
and you know I don't pay too much attention to dimensions and I'll occasionally have I have had players who do pay attention to like exactly how wide is this room oh, we'll yeah. try to map it and you know we'll quickly find out my my dungeon is this non-euclidean nightmare <laughs> that couldn't possibly exist in the real world it's like yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Like when you're drawing kind of like squiggly lines to connect two, yes, exactly. <laughs> two, two rooms. Like, but wait, well, wasn't wasn't the whole audience chamber have to be in between these two things? And like, yes, look, it's look, it's fantasy. Come on, yes, yeah. A wizard did it. It was, it was interesting. So I play in a, a seven C game, um, which is a very different kind of style of game than than Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but in seven C, at least the way that my GM's running it. Um, you know, like we skip over a lot of the like exploring the dungeon part oh, of it. Okay. Um, and the thing that he said that really kind of stuck with me was like, "Well, you're all heroes. Of course, you would make it through, you know, through the dungeon to the final final oh, encounter." We had one session where we, you know, we're in this very creepy, you know, this very creepy dungeon. But you know, like we just kind of jumped to the the final part of it, um, which was honestly the most interesting part of it. You know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been all that great had we kind of wandered through a maze um, slowly. Especially in that system, which is just not designed for, like these small sort of small sort of encounters, um, with stuff. But I mean, it, it did it did make me wonder. It's like you know, like what if your players like the dungeon exploration part of it? You know, by all means, keep going with that. But if what they really like is the big, interesting um, boss encounters, like why not just give that to them? You know, quicker. Yeah, um, that's a great point. You know, it does. Mm-hmm. It makes you it the the pressure of of time like this it really makes you think you know what mm-hmm. what is actually fun yes. what is actually and and not in an objective sense but what is mm-hmm. real actually fun for my group yeah uh, you know maybe maybe they do like the just t- you know foot foot by foot you know tactical move maneuvering through the dungeon uh mm-hmm. round by round or maybe you know they're fine with just yeah you you make it through this dungeon and here you are and here's the cackling boss at the end of it you know so it seems like the conclusion to, you know, how do you fit a game into two hours is just to you know, strip away anything that isn't fun for your party. Yeah. Um, which sort of seems like the obvious thing. But I mean, it, it is. I think it's very easy to fall back on like, well, I've got to have, you know, I've got to have a shopping part. I've got to have, you know, these NPCs do these things. I've got to have yeah, dungeon exploration and a boss fight, you know, for it to be sort of a, a, a full session. But I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I think like each session ends up being sort of its own unique thing yeah and that's what keeps people coming back to the table over and over is like oh like what's what's going to happen this time like am i even going to roll a die this time you know are we just going to talk to you know the shopkeeper yeah for a couple hours you know it i think that's a really important point and but i think also at one of the challenges of running shorter games is there is value in some some of that downtime some of that not mm-hmm. fun time mm-hmm. you know um you have to be a little careful you know if you're just flying from uh amazing scene to amazing scene uh you know i feel like it it might start feeling like when you play like the boss rush mode of a video game (laughs) or something you know where you're you're yes you are skipping to the most awesome and amazing fights but there's other stuff in this game the slower less awesome stuff that kind of contributed to the whole experience being a satisfactory one uh, in a short one or two hour game session, you know, you might just have to give up some of that, uh, you know, slow that downtime or that slower, not mm-hmm. as exciting stuff and just accept that as the cost of, you know, cost of doing yeah. business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Except that the purity of your game might be compromised a lot, that's, but that's, that's, right. well, that's okay. Well, we can't have that. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause people, people still had fun and you know, that's, that's kind of the point. I guess right? that's, you know, yeah. It's did, <laughs> did you have fun? That's really all that matters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so we should wrap up. Uh, this was actually a really interesting conversation. And kind of, as always, went in different directions than I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, I love this uh, not knowing exactly what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of this conversation, I think, you know, how could I possibly talk about this for more than about a minute and a half? And mm-hmm. yet here we are. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yep. So yet again, you've been listening to Roll for Topic, an RPG podcast. Um, I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rowe. Have a good day. Bye.